Welcome, Wanako Oberhuber. You mentioned something in one of the episodes you were recording with someone, and I felt it would be an amazing conversation to have because you talked about trust. And actually, that trust had become maybe, maybe it's healed now, but you talked about at that stage, trust being something you were having a dance with, that it wasn't always easy for you to trust. It really resonated with me because I really didn't realize until very recently what a lack of trust I have in everything. And I'm really working on healing that trust in myself, mostly trust in the divine and trust in life, trust in people being the biggest, hardest one. And it affects everything, actually, I realized. So it's something that was amazing for me to hear from someone else. And I'm sure people who end up listening to this podcast may be dealing with the same issue because my lack of trust has come from background of trauma in my childhood, which made me subconsciously, it wasn't conscious until it became conscious. And that was very recently, I subconsciously don't trust anything. I feel like I have to control everything. So the opposite of when you trust, you don't feel you have to be in control. You don't have to micromanage. You don't have to be a perfectionist. It's about being more balanced. It's about following flow. It's about waiting for the butterflies to land. The miracles land like butterflies rather than having to chase them with a net, which is very hard work. But I'm a work in progress. So I'd love us just to discuss that. I do understand why I don't trust. Mostly I really do trust the divine, but I'm still struggling to trust myself mercy I think and therefore people I trust life quite a lot because life has led me the last five and a half years on some journeys that seemed very counter logical and they usually worked out but I think it's trust of people and trust of myself I'm going to hand over to you now and let you share from your perspective and maybe we can have a conversation about this very important topic yeah trust is a central theme in all of our lives and the typical reason we don't trust is to believe that we've done something wrong, to sacrifice ourselves. We need to sacrifice our well-being. We need to sacrifice our safety. We need to sacrifice our innocence because we've done something wrong. And so, yes, I do get caught up in this game all the time of feeling like I have to sacrifice my well-being because I've done something wrong. I haven't achieved this goal or I haven't produced this result or I haven't said this thing or done this thing or whatever. There's always something else I should have done while I'm doing something. Same in this moment, right? There's something else that's drawing and saying you should be doing that, this and that. And this trusting that I'm doing the right thing at this moment and following guidance and allowing Yeshua to speak through me and share his message. This is all a huge development of trust to say, yes, this is the right thing to do and to allow it to be there. And even if it feels wrong at times, doesn't mean that the trust isn't there, but it does mean that there's some issue left. Wow, that's an incredible perspective. Makes so much sense. I don't belong and that I'm not wanted in the world and I shouldn't be here. That's what I've accessed in myself. And I've really deeply worked on that. So I've come a long way. And that makes so much sense then that I'm sacrificing my own well-being by not trusting. But the interesting thing is I've had so many situations in my life where people have 
have not been trustworthy. So that, of course, just reinforces it. So maybe I attracted that because my core subconscious belief system was that I don't, I'm not deserving. So, Well, in A, in a Course in Miracles, it says there is no other. So we're all joined. It's all one mind. So it's either we're trusting or we're not, right? Because ego doesn't trust anything or anyone. The ego voice that we created to feel separate. So logically, if you're listening to ego voice, which is the voice that is speaking for separation, but isn't real in truth, right? When you see truth, you won't see ego anymore. But we still do see ego, so we still are trusting in what is not trustworthy because it's based on lies in, in the sense that it's not true. It doesn't fit. It isn't affirming our wholeness, our oneness. And so I personally am totally in that struggle, right, to decide to tr trust. And I'm so thankful that there are steps that I'm taking to trust more, right, to trust in more ways. And, you know, when you're sharing through podcasting like I am, it's a journey of trust because you're going to encounter people who question what you're doing, who think you're just out there to get attention or whatever. There's all kinds of attacks that can come, but it's your own attacks. You're distrusting your own journey, right? Because I'm the one who's buying into this distrust because it's a journey of trust. And so my ideal think I, I need to sacrifice myself in so many ways because I'm getting angry. I'm getting annoyed. I'm blaming. I'm judging. I'm, and so I'm very thankful that I'm able to walk with others together to let go of this idea and to remember who we actually are, which is in total trust. Now, the incredible thing is that when we do walk in trust and be who we really are, really miracles are everyday order. And that's the irony. When we're in that ego, the conditioned state, the fear-based state, things don't work so well. And especially these days, it's like there's an energetic separation out there. I don't know what you think. And it's pushing us to not fence it anymore. That's how I'm feeling. I'm like, if I'm in my ego and in that fear and lack of trust there's so much suffering and in inverted commas and it's all self-created so like you i'm exceptionally grateful that i have an awareness of this because we don't have to sacrifice ourselves and even if somebody is punishing us not our stuff but we take it very personally so yeah why does our ego not trust is it conditioning is it childhood trauma what does the course of miracles say about that well in a course of miracles the ego isn't real in the first place so it's actually turning to the right mind to the holy spirit and choosing to listen to the Holy Spirit, because then it shows you what is an illusion and what is truth. And not in the sense that it's in the world, because, you know, in the world, you may say, okay, this looks like I'm happy and I'm doing something great. and I'm helping people in this and that. And another thing, it looks like I'm harming them. I'm doing bad things and this and that. That's not the way it works. And it's not about, you know, creating flow in your life or making things work out. It's about changing your mind about what's going on. So in your right mind, you can respond with peace. But when you're in your wrong mind, you will always respond with struggle, with annoyance, with sacrificing, with shame, with all these things. And so it's about choosing peace rather than being unhappy. And it, it's not about the circumstances. Yes, of course, you will perceive what is going on differently. You will understand it differently. When the Holy Spirit interprets what's going on, it's always for the highest good of all. And that's the beauty of it. 
you discover more and more that all is happening for the well-being of all, for the best. And so you interpret it differently when you're listening to the Holy Spirit. That interpretation is one that brings you endless peace, infinite joy and happiness. And I think that's what's so important to focus on that rather than on all the rest. I go through these really dark places when I think that I've been unfairly treated. But of course, the miracle says, beware of the temptation to feel unfairly treated. And I think that's very, very appropriate to the subject of trust is to realize, yes, it is a, a go-to for most of the time to think you're unfairly treated and to change your mind about that is incredible and is a miracle in itself even if nothing changes in the outer you're amazingly said so thank you like you say the circumstances don't dictate joy or equanimity or peace or any of that the mind does it is a choice. It's a mere choice. Now I can actually choose, but sometimes my mind still runs the show. So that's why my podcast is called Free Yourself on the Battlefield of the Mind. But uh, I've never thought about it the way you articulated, but maybe that is my experience. If I'm feeling that I've been used, that's what often comes to me, or unfairly, you're unfairly treated, or I've given too much and there's no reciprocation, then I make inquiry now when I, because I can feel that how that feels, you know, because it's it's nobody else's stuff. It doesn't matter what other people do. It's all about where I'm at. So I make investigation, like, why am I reacting like that? Where did this conditioning come from? Because once I understand that, and often I spontaneously a childhood situation or some experience I had in my life will spontaneously come to mind. And once I have understanding and awareness about why I have those reactions, and my reactions are overreactions, to situations and I think many people do but you know it triggers something that's too big for the situation so often I overreact mine's more about your anxiety I have that same thing as you I'm never enough I've never done enough doesn't matter so every day now I practice when I go to bed looking at what I did do in the day rather than what I didn't do but it does seem very much about retraining the mind and getting the mind into a space where one can very deeply self-observe be self-aware and start watching the mind. The guy that I've recorded a lot of podcasts with, he says that now he can actually feel the energy of it coming before the thought and the emotion even comes and he just stops it. He just goes, no, we're not doing this stuff again. And he just laughs at his mind. So he's able to work with it. And I think that's why he's been able to heal himself of two terminal cancers because his mind doesn't freak out. But he's had 20 six years of training in the Alexander technique. So for me, I'm working on reprogramming that program, the conditioning that's made me, my mind react like that. Yeah, it's important to look, but it's not us looking alone in, a, in the terms of A Course in Miracles. We're joining with the Holy Spirit and looking at things with the Holy Spirit. And that's what changes the game. So yes, it's a course in mind training, that's for sure. But it's also, of course, in, in trust, because it says the prime way teacher of God it can be recognized is through trust, because the teacher of God trusts and knows the outcome as well in advance. That's why a teacher of God trusts, because they know the outcome will be is marvelous, is wonderful. Even the present moment is marvelous and wonderful. There is no uncertainty about where things will 
go. And another thing is the world ends in laughter. Yeah, we the reason we have created the ego mind is because for a moment we forgot to laugh. Wow. I've been having these experiences, especially for the last year and few months. Yes, where together with the Holy Spirit or Jesus for me, bringing that with me into the mind work and you write. So that's incredible because yes, it makes it so much easier, faster, quicker if the Holy Spirit is involved. Yes. So thank you. Maybe you could speak a bit more to that. And it, it's, you know, it may appear to be like childhood trauma or past life trauma or whatever to you, but that's not what it's about. It's about changing your mind about it all because none of that actually happened. So in A Course in Miracles, everything that's troubling is us is actually the past. It already happened. The script and the journey home that we are walking each other home is is a natural occurrence. It's what we do. That's how we are. And that's our we are love. We already are love. So it's basically it says to remove the blocks to the awareness of love's presence. That's the purpose of it all, because we already are love. It can't teach love. You can't be taught love because you already are love. So the mind training is is so that the Holy Spirit is given the right to remove the blocks to the awareness of love's presence. We have to give that to him to allow the Holy Spirit to fulfill its purpose. And for that, we need the mind training. Yeah, it's quite a journey. Yeah, it is quite a journey. And to discuss it is incredible. So my journey, I came to the awareness that I needed to yeah, rewire my brain in order to have that true faith to reunite with who I really was. So it was about unlayering the layers that were covering my spark of God. Because yes, we're born that. We're born that spark of God in the language I picked up from that poet Mark Neo. And then life um, happens and we get conditioned. And so that's why for me, what I've been studying in the neurosciences and neuropsychology and even in the mystical spiritual teaching, I don't know that one can come to that level of trust to work with the Holy Spirit to remove those blockages or the mind state without doing the the trauma work, going back to the trauma and looking at it and how it's created this mind state and this conditioning and the blind spots it's created and how those blind spots play out in the ego, in the mind and telling us lies all the time. So that's been my journey. Journey was to get cancer, to realize I got sick because I had a very high level of doubt, of self-doubt, of suppressed emotions, of wrong thinking, if you want to call it that, distorted worldviews, very bad belief systems about myself, absolutism, people pleasing. So I couldn't have true faith. I intellectually had true faith. I could speak everything you speaking 20 years before I got cancer, but I couldn't live it. I couldn't embody it. So my journey ended up getting very sick. So I got broken open to then start doing the work of finding out, was there a trauma that created this mind state in me that my e- 
ego felt it needed to protect me, hello, protect me and keep me safe in a way that was actually doing the opposite. So for me, I feel I could never have got, I could never have got to this God space where I do connect all the time, whether I'm having a physical illness, like an anaphylactic reaction, which I sometimes have, or I'm having a very stressful mind or emotional thing playing out. I do connect all the time now with prayer, with Jesus, and with that part of myself that I can access immediately now, even when I'm in the biggest stress. But I wouldn't have been able to do that five and a half years ago, even though I knew intellectually everything you're speaking about. Yeah, that's an important point. I can speak about it. And what can I actually live of it? And when we had our conversation on my on the Holy Spirit's curriculum of joy, it's about coming from where you are at now. So yes, there's both the intellectual speaking about it, but also the experiences that are confirming that it makes sense. So at this level where I'm at, it's it's a it's a, a mixture, right? There are the experiences that confirm that trust is is a valuable way of looking at things with spirit. And there are those states of mind in which the opposite feels true, which is that nothing makes sense, nothing is good, you're not good enough, you're worthless, or you you did everything wrong, or people are going to be offended, or you're going to be or you're offended, whatever else. And so, yes, the people pleasing comes up. You want to please people and this and that. But in the end, the truth is that you're where you are at now, and to trust is to trust the way it's going, what's happening now in your mind, the way you are opening up to spirit. And the thing is, we always think we have to have a certain way of being in order to prove that we are actually walking the talk. But how do you know what it means or what it looks like to be walking the talk or talking the walk? We are called to share from where we are at. And that's what Yeshua has been telling me, you know, share from where you're at. That's the most helpful. And so, yes, I, I know the course languages language and I understand a lot of it because of experiences I've had, but not because I'm in that experience all the time. Yes, Monica, I'm also a work in progress. There's no doubt about it, but I'm 80% more trusting, connected, joyous, peaceful than I was five and a half years ago. And that's because I've done the work of reprogramming my conditioning and therefore reuniting with who I really am. Dr. Lisa Rankin, she at one stage was putting out a lot of newsletters about this. She's changed direction now, but I found it really helpful where she talked about the ego and the mind and how our conditioning just layers all these um, things on top of that spark so we have to reunite with it and it's interesting i think that's the course of miracles language as well is to reunite with who we really are so these conversations you and i are having now i think are so valuable because both of us are willing to be vulnerable about where we at I sometimes am still very self-sabotaging. You've created a great awareness for me today because I feel undeserving. So the interesting thing is to be in the space you and I are both in where I can feel even when I'm not feeling good. Like last night, I didn't sleep the whole night and I was thrashing around and my mind was really trying to beat me up. As soon as I started buying into that, as soon as I don't bring the Holy Spirit or my spiritual self, my higher power, Jesus, for me, if I 
don't bring it to the party at that stage, it becomes very bad. It feels like a dark entity is attacking me, actually. It's like because my mind just starts whipping me like la, 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 la. And then I started last night feeling this like really prickly, ugly energy coming towards me. And about one and a half years ago, even a year ago, maybe I would say, oh, I'm coming under attack now. The devil is attacking me. And now I've started realizing, so I'll be interested to know your point of view on this, that what I could do last night was immediately switch that because that energy starts getting very hectic and very ugly. And it's like, it scares me actually. And it can be very overwhelming. So I was like, no, everything's okay. Actually, that's just the sentence that I got guided. Uh, I said, I surround myself with the light of God and the light of God illuminates me and I protect myself with the armor of God and everything's okay. Everything's okay. Everything's okay. Everything's going to be okay because it's that when the mind starts going into that perpetual self-punishment, it's not to say I should, maybe I shouldn't have had the wine. Of course, I probably shouldn't have. And whatever I ate made my stomach sore, so I couldn't sleep. So I can change that. I can work on that. But I could switch it immediately. It didn't even take a minute, but I had to make that choice. So thank you. I think that's what you're confirming now. So I still get into those states. And last night it was particularly hectic, but I could switch it very fast. So uh, a little song for this all is fine all is okay dee da dee 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 da dee day all is fine all is okay so yes that message is very important and it's one of the go-to messages say when Yeshua answers me he's like all is fine all is okay you know and I, and I, of course when you're in that state you don't believe it right but it does calm you a little and over time you accept that message more and more often and easier and it's not the things we do that cause us to think so so frantically so unhappily and so on it's our it's the way we are the what we're buying into as you said so yeah yeah so so this is a very this has been a very profound conversation because i'm very passionately working we're working i know you don't like that word and i understand that work and in inverted commas i'm doing the daily practice i suppose you could call it of really trusting and the incredible thing is Monaco, every time i switch because I can switch immediately now. Sometimes I forget and I have a couple of hours of just like, oh, I'm so stressed and I'm tripping and the dog's barking. Of course, it all feeds each other. You know, the chaos, the internal chaos feeds the external chaos and the paint falls over and the floor's dirty. <laughs> and the microphone doesn't work like when we started. But when I switch and I go, I just trust this now and I trust what's going to come. And the incredible thing is, things just come like I decided two days before you asked me on your podcast that I need to talk really talk my truth in the language that resonates with me and I didn't know how that was going to happen and you invited me on your podcast and then you sent me a message today saying let's record right now and 15 minutes later we were on and um, the microphone wasn't working and we both got a bit rattled but it just happened because it was meant to happen so 
Yes, to trust. You said the course also says, and I just, it's been such a large part of my journey, is to trust that everything's of God. And sometimes in our conditioned mindset or our human semantics language, we see this is dark or that is light. This is good. That is bad. But it's all the same. I think that's what you're saying. And it's all okay and it's all underpinned by who we really are so therefore yeah it's exactly just what we think or we feel but I can tell you maybe just because I've had borderline personality and I've had a very particularly obstructive mind state without doing the subconscious rewiring my brain work I would never have been able to get to this point where I can switch in a minute so that's why i put that out and I'm not saying it's everybody's journey one thing I've learned from my own journey and from the people I've been recording and now listening to some of your episodes is we all have a different path actually to the same end result to our ultimate healing which is our reuniting with our God self because that's all that matters because then it really doesn't matter if you die or you or if there's a war or whatever so yeah it's a it's a journey and I will post in the show notes the links to your incredible Facebook group. There's some really good stuff on there. And your podcast, I've really gained huge value and insight from it, what The Course in Miracles brings and the guests you've had have been amazing. So thank you. So we will post the links. But the journey is not an easy one, but I can work with it now. And the fact that I can work with it and I can experience getting out of my own way and experiencing joy, I'm quite proud of myself. So when I start beating up on myself for having a glass of wine I go Antoinette do you remember how far you've come to remember where you were five years ago so maybe my mind will it'll probably go with me to my grave being <laughs> a terrorist but I just don't buy into it anymore I don't give it too much power and I take yeah the divine with me that that is the best thing you've said to me today but the reason I started a podcast and I want to talk and do it more and more and I'm so grateful to you for talking your truth is it's a not an easy it's not an easy journey this it's not a there's no instant soup there's no quick fix there's no microwave solution I don't know and I want people to know that when it seems hard or difficult or dark it's not necessarily and in fact it yeah it is about perspective but for us to change our perspective away from this dual thinking I think we have to do this internal work and looking at why we've become who we are on the ego side and the condition side and and then unlayering that as I've said, I feel my service is to share my journey with people authentically so that they know there's a messy middle. I feel like I'm still in the messy middle. I'm getting better and better, but I sometimes feel like a ball of wool that's completely all tangled up and I really don't know how the knots are going to come out. But underlying everything all the time for me now, everything, even thrashing around last night, is this absolute knowing of who I really am. So I think we've been fed a lot of quick fix solutions. I think a lot of the spirituality out there from many spiritual traditions has made people believe that if they do a course or a journaling process or a gratitude thing or a meditation that they will get to this and that just isn't 
true for most people. For me to have got where I got now, I had to look at all parts of myself and do deep shadow work. I had to look at those parts of myself I thought were unacceptable. Resentment, bitterness, anger. And it sounds like The Course of Miracles is saying all those parts of ourselves are who we are. And every human being has that, to use Jung's language, that shadow side. So if we're going to keep on pushing that aside to try and be Zen and love and light, which I was trying to do on my spiritual path for 30 years. I was so, I became worse and worse internally, Wanako. My internal state became worse. My anxiety, my stress, my, all my bad patterns because I could not be constantly love and light and joy. And that I'd brought into a spiritual self-help path that said, if I wasn't that, I hadn't ascended or I wasn't enlightened. And that tripped me up very badly. That's why I talked, so okay, all parts of us. And you said that, and let's show up for who we are right now because we're good enough. Yeah, it's so important to look at these things. And like I said before, looking at it with Holy Spirit is so helpful. There's nothing wrong about looking at all the things we think are wrong with us. But the, what's important about it is to look at it with Holy Spirit who's, who interprets it totally differently than the way we have been interpreting it. And another thing is, we don't come into the world innocent. We are innocent. And the experience of not being innocent is something that's brought in. Birth itself is is a painful matter, and it can be very harsh and hard. So it's also a metaphor for this separation thinking. So it's it's not the world is not going to is not reflecting peace. So it's our willingness to listen to Holy Spirit's interpretation that brings us back home. So it's the world isn't real, but it can be used by Holy Spirit through its interpretation to walk us back home. Yes, I love that. The reason I talk about conditioning a lot with my guests when I talk is because the conditioning has created a lie yeah, and made everything seem real when it's not. So thank you for confirming that. And another thing, you use the, the battlefield, a symbol of the battlefield. And in A Course in Miracles, it says there's a, a way of seeing things that is called above the battlefield. And that's really important in A Course in Miracles because there is this experience of being in the battlefield. But there's also a way of joining Holy Spirit to look at it in which you are above the battlefield. And therefore, you can choose peace instead of this. Wow, that's incredible. <laughs> yeah, that's why I called it Free Yourself. By the way, I called that podcast Transformation Through Illumination because I feel that's what it is. But one day... I uh, got the most clear guidance in the most unusual way to change the name. Yeah, well, I think what's one of the things we were speaking about is this all this darkness and all this stuff that we think is so dark. And of course, the miracle says we all have this idea that if we look within, all we'll find is darkness and awfulness and ugly and totally unacceptable. And it says, you will be surprised. That's not what you, that's not all you'll find. Ultimately, you will discover that you're, you're love, right? And so you will see who you are. So it's not true, this fear that all that you will find if you look within is ugly and disgusting and totally unacceptable. That's not what will happen. And you've been speaking about that, you know, how through looking at all this and all the interpretations, whether you're interpreting it through the 
symbols of, of time and saying it's in my childhood or this or that. It doesn't matter what symbols or what story language you're using. The thing is you're looking at it and you've discovered that there is another way because of looking at it. You are willing to change your mind about it. And I think that's really, really remarkable and important to recognize. I'm paraphrasing someone, and unfortunately, I can't remember who it is, and I need to find out because I keep on using this quote. Yeah, I've faced the dragons that guard the treasure. The more I have been willing to see and experience those parts of myself at one stage I thought were unacceptable, the more I access part of myself that is that love and joy and the spark of God. Yeah, there's another image that, of course, Miracles likes to use. There's this treasure house that everyone can access and the reason why there's angels standing there is to keep the doors open for everyone the this imagery that we're used to of of heaven being guarded by angels and in this case it says it's to keep the doors open to the treasure house and everyone who comes in the treasure becomes more because of coming in and taking whatever you need it becomes more I think that's really beautiful to change that idea why these beautiful symbols of light and love and joy are there is to keep the treasure house open for everyone. That's exquisite. Well, in A Course in Miracles, it also speaks of it's an experience. It's about the experience. It's not about the words. It's not about the symbols. It's not about any of that. It's an experience. That's why it's also... Ironically, it says at the end of it, forget this course, forget it all, and come to God as you are. Wow. There we go again. It's all about experience. So that's why in the beginning of my journey, I got so angry with all the knowledge, spiritual knowledge I had, which had never converted into experience. So therefore, it just set me up for more anxiety and more failure in inverted commas. So yeah, when it becomes experiential, that's when it's real. And the astounding thing is we get there one way or another because it's by sheer grace that I've got to this point where I have now because I very inadvertently was very stubborn, you know, but I had a very deep desire all along to know the truth and live the truth. So cancer was the grace, actually the gift, because I needed to hit a wall, as do a lot of people, I think. Hopefully people that listen to what we put out know they don't have to hit a wall before they start accessing this part of themselves. Yeah, there's this turning point. There's a place where we find the pain is too much. It's enough. And then you turn. So yeah. But of course, it's different for each one of us where that is. So some people can take a lot of judgment, a lot of pain, a lot of awfulness, a lot of this and that, and and still feel comfortable with it, so to speak, in a way, not really comfortable. But there is, at some point, there is this place where one decides and becomes willing to see another way. Yes, and may that path illuminate before you to you who's listening. That's how I end my podcast every time. May the path in front of you illuminate before you. And I am so grateful for the grace of having that illumination. So thank you, Wanaka. It was very precious and very special. So please check out Wanaka's podcast and his Facebook group. I'll put the links below. And thank you, Wanaka, for being here. I look forward to more of this. And thank you, everybody, for listening.